And we're live. So good. All right, guys. It is, what is it? The 2nd of December. It's a different month than last Christmas time. time. Yep, not long. Won't be long. Which Andrew hates. I don't hate that. I hate kids, not Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Oh, we're still making fun of you. Yeah, I know. I was going to make fun of y'all, and now I'm going to be the one getting made fun of. Uh, December 2nd, 2023, still the same year, different month. Yep. 10-16 a.m. You want to tell us why you were late? I was late because, oh, I told Ansley that I would shout her out, so this is good. Oh, good. Good, good way to <laughs> shout her out. Nice but plug. I was, uh, I was getting coffee for our guest, Andrew and me. We have a guest? We have a guest. I thought it was just a voice of reason in the background. Who, Catherine? Catherine. Oh, we need it. <laughs> we need one. <laughs> we do have a guest today. We do. She's my aunt by marriage, but my wife's aunt by marriage as well, <laughs> not by blood, but anyways. And she's my cousin by blood. Way down the line. Way down the line. Because everybody in this county is my cousin way down the line. But we have a guest on today. Aunt Cat, Catherine Zeta Hardison. Catherine Zeta. But anyways, I was that's why I was I was late because we I was getting coffee for Catherine. And <laughs> he put Drew. it on you. I'll take it. I appreciate the coffee. Thank yeah. you. Uh, fine. I'm pretty sure she's the only one that said thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but I'm drinking the other coffee. But anyways, I am gonna drink it. We got this coffee from Moon River Coffee in Livermore, Kentucky. Um, her name's Ansley Loxton, and <gasps> she makes, she got married. Ansley Christian. <laughs> you forgot about your BFF. Sorry, Who she married. <laughs> but anyway, she makes great coffee, and we told her, I told her that I would, Hannah was like, oh, this could be a great way to shout her out on the podcast, and she just started laughing and acting like she didn't really want me to shout her out, but anyways, it's don't go to her coffee house. in the whole wide world. Do not go to her house and get coffee, because it it's not a coffee shop anymore. It used to be. We were hanging out, me, Ansley, Elijah, and Hannah, just hanging out after a Sunday afternoon. And these guys just and Elijah was using the restroom. Me, Ansley, and Hannah were sitting on the couches. And these guys just come straight into the house, and we look at them, and they look at us, and we're like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "Is this not a coffee shop anymore?" We're like, no, it's not a coffee shop anymore. Which it's probably confusing because Ansley's coffee truck is right outside yeah. Moon River Coffee, and. But yeah, it was come on into our house and fix yourself a cup of joe. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird, honestly. But yeah, don't go there. Call first. <laughs> don't go there at all. Yeah, just stay just away. Wait for the truck. Yeah, just <laughs> check Facebook yeah, or posts for the Instagram or wherever. Go to social. Anyways, you said you had something to talk oh, about. So the boys started basketball this morning. Mm-hmm. Jeb's game was at eight in Calhoun. He did good, real good. Didn't score any points, but he was like uh, assistant point guard. So it was good. <laughs> he got and some limelight. Jude, who is four, shot. Baller? He scored twice. Scored four points. First game. You said that he's really good at basketball. He, he is for being two and a half feet tall. <laughs> they shoot an eight and a half foot goal. He has no trouble. Jeb, barely get it to an eight and a half foot goal. He's really? six. Yeah. So hopefully, 
18 years from now, he's playing the NBA, and I'm kicked back on the beach. And that's how you get rich. I mean, if nothing else has worked, <laughs> yeah. Jude can make us rich, yeah. and then, therefore, we can buy more podcast stuff. Yeah, we'll still be doing this in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Maybe. I'm pretty sure I'll run out of things to say in about 20 <laughs> months, let alone 20 years. Yeah. All right. right. So we tried to introduce Kat, and then we got off on something else. Yeah. So, Catherine is here today with us. What was, what were you, how were we going to? I was thinking uh, she could give us like a, you know, five, ten minute background. Okay. If you want to do that, that'd be great. Sure. I'd love to hear it. I'm literally going to tie myself because, as you I said, I, you don't have to do that. I was just about to see look at her watch and <laughs> I, flicked it. <laughs> I tend to ramble. I didn't actually put the time on, but I just looked to see no, what it was. I, that I, was just I a reference. You don't have ramble. You can do whatever yeah. you want. Um, well, obviously, my name is Catherine. Um, shout out to my husband, Lucas, who is running a marathon right now. He's about halfway through. Go, Lucas, go. He's just yeah. built different, as they say. I would never attempt to run a marathon he my is. whole life, but he's doing it. Um, I, well, I guess the easiest way is that I've went to church at Bethel my whole life, except for about three years. My husband was in the military and we lived elsewhere. Um, my dad's the current pastor of the church. Um, he's always, I think, since I've been alive, at least the assistant pastor or associate pastor. Assistant to the pastor. <laughs> well, um, another office <laughs> quote. Hey, I was thinking, uh, this is a total sidetrack, but did you know there's like a whole Facebook that's dedicated to like memes and gifts referencing the Bible with the office? No, but I'll to. get a that's Facebook now that I know that. Last yes. week we made an office. Yeah. I don't know if you listened to it. And Andrew's like, that's my life goal is to make as many office oh, you know, memes even, or gifts or whatever. And Catherine coming in here. You don't just, have to make them. They're there. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'll, I'll send An you like, prayer. <laughs> I don't have Facebook, but I might have to make one. Yeah. But anyway, so I've always went to church here uh, my whole life. And dad's always been the pastor. He's been the worship leader. He's been my Sunday school teacher. My mom's been a Sunday school teacher pretty much the whole time that I remember. Most of my family goes here. It's pretty much like half the church is my dad's family. Um, and they're all, like my dad's family is all really musically inclined, we'll say. Um, I could not play any instruments. I was just thinking the other day of what instrument I should learn how to play, but my fingers are too short to play guitar. <laughs> I can't get them around the fret. And um, I do not have the hand coordination to play the drums, even though that would be like my life go because... I love watching that. Uh, I don't even know what group it is, but they've got like a girl drummer. And Skillet? Well, yeah. Skillet is a chick drummer. Really? Yep. Yes. She's amazing. She's That's not who I was thinking almost of. Almost as good as me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyways, I don't I don't play an instrument. I just I just sing. So, but that's kind of my I don't know how much background you wanted to go into. More. My, oh, more. <laughs> deeper. No, let's go. I'll just let's, whatever you want to do. I'll it's really just let's start it. Let's start at the birth. <laughs> what is your first memory? <laughs> yeah. I saw the light. <laughs> this is really bright light. Somebody was saying, don't go toward the light. Yeah. I don't know who it was. Yeah. <laughs> We're idiots. Yeah. I believe Catherine's a little too high class to be on this podcast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I feel like her IQ is dwindling <laughs> the more we talk. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, anyways. 
Well, you haven't introduced the topic, so I didn't know if you wanted me no, to get I want into you to, the topic. Whatever you want to do, we're here for. Oh, it. okay. If well. you want to, um, yeah. Why don't you just do that, and then we'll. If you don't hit what I'm kind of thinking, we'll we can always go back and ask questions. Okay. Um. Well, I'm on here to talk about worship. Uh, I worship lead at church, um, along with several others now, which is awesome. <laughs> Because that's I, I don't that's how I started was basically my dad was the worship leader. We used to have other people that would help, but they kind of all left at different times, and it was pretty much just my dad. And I like sang at school and stuff um, in like choir. So and obviously like my dad sings all the time. If you know him, he's always singing. So I kind of do that too, just kind of like sing around. So. Um, one service, my dad just called me up there to help sing back up, and that was terrifying because I don't really like being in front of people or talking in front of people. Yeah, here I am. You're talking in front of the world right <laughs> yeah. now. There's Potent- so many listeners. But, I mean, potentially, because this is <laughs> stay. When we get famous, yeah. this episode it's, will still be there. It's here yeah. for eternity. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that was fine. Did that, and then like. I don't even know. It wasn't that long after that. My dad got switched to third shift. He worked in factory and got switched to third shift. And as I said, there wasn't really anybody else here to sing. But I'd already gotten placed up there. So when somebody knows that you can sing in this church, you're going to sing. You're going to find a way. <laughs> so I had to start leading um, Wednesday night services. I had to lead um service i don't i wish i could remember how old i was i just don't remember but anyways it was kind of terrible um because i would like i said i was terrified and didn't really other than just like being able to sing had no idea what i was doing and um yeah eventually we got other people that started singing and helping lead worship service and now we've got a uh, enough people that we have to do a rotation which is awesome it's so, awesome so how old how old were you when you when he I, called you? I cannot remember. I want to say I was probably like maybe like thirteen. I could definitely figure this out. I could just ask him whenever he went to third shift, or probably ask somebody else. There's just different things that were going on at the time that yeah. could be used as a reference. But I think I was like thirteen or fourteen, something like that. I would say it was probably yeah, you know, like maybe fifteen or sixteen when I had to start like lean Wednesday nights. And it was, yeah, it was good times. <laughs> but as far as like studying worship, that I've probably been like doing for the last couple of years. I've realized by coming on here that I have a terrible memory because I also can't remember <laughs> why I started studying it in that, the first place. That was kind of my, what I was thinking earlier was what made you rethink the whole idea of worship. I definitely associate it with COVID in my head. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it was just like so much extra time on hand <laughs> or um, or what. And it could have been, too, that I just was listening to something that led me to listen to a podcast. And I love podcasts. So, that's why she's here. Yeah, that's why I'm here. And uh, so I've listened to several different ones. Um, Matt Redman and Jeremy Riddle do one called Redman and Riddle. Nope. It's all about <laughs> Yeah, and it's really Real good. Original. <laughs> yeah, using your name. Um <laughs> literally what we did. <laughs> <laughs> that was me making fun of you, sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
Um, and and of course, most of the time when people are doing a podcast, a lot of times, hey, this is how you get famous. A lot of people do podcasts or go on podcasts are releasing a book or an album or something. So they're using the podcast. Just, so, the smallest book I've ever wrote. All you got to do is just write a book or record an album. And then okay. there you go. We could record an album. <laughs> we could. But we could not write a book. No. Yeah. So he's got a book called The Reset. And it's kind of all about um, kind of reframing your mind on worship and where he kind of feels like worship's kind of went maybe off the rails a little bit. Um, and then I listened to a lot of Stephanie Gretzinger because she's awesome. Yeah. And... Yeah, so it just kind of started, I don't know, like I said, a couple of years ago, can't remember why exactly, just one thing kind of snowballed into the other, and that's what I've, they're probably making fun of me. I have like a two pages of notes, but it's really condensed down from like the 10 pages of like written notes I have in three different notebooks. She has two pages of notes, and we usually come with, with no notes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not making she's fun of She's doing way better than yeah. us. If anything, she should be making fun of us. Yeah, uh, she probably will. She has. I mean. So. This might be on your, I read it, but I can't remember, obviously, everything on here, but it might be part of this, and you would get to it eventually, but what have you discovered, if anything, not so much about worship, but about the Lord through your investigation into worship? Um, I think what I've decided not just about worship, but just a lot of other things within the church that like the words that you use really matter because they can make things really confusing using words that maybe aren't the best way to talk about things. Like, I don't know. I think the way that we talk about the Holy Spirit can be really confusing to people or to myself. Like I feel like I've been most of my life confused about the Holy Spirit. And so that's kind of how I felt about worship too, is that the way we talk about it and the things that we say can really be maybe people mean them the way they say them but if they if that is what they mean then I respectfully disagree I guess right um like I'll give you an example so I feel like sometimes in in worship people will say things about like inviting in God's presence Mm. or something like that or like you know like I don't know just different things like that it's like well God's everywhere he's always present and if you have the, if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit in you, then He's also like living in you. So right. everywhere you go, you're literally in the presence of God. His presence is in you. So why do we say things like that? But I think what people really mean is like, let us become that, like that song, become more aware of your presence. Because right. there's definitely like, I mean, when I'm going through my average day, I'm not like so spiritual that I'm like, oh yeah, Jesus here and like i'm just constantly just feel like i'm just flowing and it's all you know what i mean like everybody's got their life going on so you can't always like get in tune with that focus into it whatever you however you want to phrase that so funny at least for me how many times i've decided i'm when i leave here i'm living in this for the rest of my life right and i'm like wake up next morning i'm like no i do not want to go to work today (laughs) so that gets shut down pretty quick yeah i think yeah, I think that kind of is or should be the goal. I think that's kind of what, like, Dad's talked about in his message on Sunday, like kind of wanting to be in his presence, but sure, again, you always are in his presence, but just, like, feeling it. And I think the word that people use, which kind of gets a negative connotation, is manifest. Like, yeah. Because I think that gets used for weird stuff, but literally just means clear and evident. Like, the presence of God, feeling 
real and evident and clear and obvious to you. Like he gets, we get lost, I guess, in our everyday lives, you know, so you don't feel it as much as you do. Maybe like when you're in church or can find a place where you can really focus and stuff. But I mean, he's always there. So that's an example of where I feel like people use like weird phrases like yeah. that. And it's like, what you're, I don't think you mean it that way, but literally what you're saying is like, he's not here and then he's going to come here, right. but he's always here. So yeah. maybe don't say it that way. We're going to do something that's going to make him want right. to come here. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, I don't know. It's almost like a, not a genie, but like the, you got to do this, this and this to like make him appear, you know? Stuff like that. I don't know. I don't think people always mean it the way they say it, but I just think that words are important. You know, how you how you talk about something is important. It's so funny. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I'm not going to say who it was because that'll open up another can of worms. But he said, it's funny. I forget how he, what his analogy was for the father, but he had a, a analogy of the Trinity. Like, we act like God's a grumpy old man and Jesus is our brother who stands between us and God mm -hmm. so that because he takes it all for us that way you know because grumpy mm -hmm. and then the Holy Spirit's just a bird that sits on our shoulder <laughs> and we're like and when we get somewhere we're like oh, where's the where's the bird <laughs> you know it's like why is the bird not on my shoulder it's like it's gonna be a new catchphrase yeah where's the bird <laughs> start I'll say that it's like yes <laughs> next time I'm leading worship I'm gonna be like where's the bird <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so funny but i think i mean that's hilarious but i thought about it a little bit i'm like yeah that's exactly how i act a lot yeah. of times yeah he's not a bird <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i agree <clears throat> phraseology is uh important and jacked up a lot of times yeah sure um, but I mean, that's, I think from what I've, I mean, I still don't feel like I got a real clear, this is 100% what I like know to be true about worship or a lot of things, yep. I guess. <laughs> but I think part of that's really difficult just because even just like using worship, the word worship to describe like the musical part of your service, that in and of itself is really weird and confusing. If you look at the Bible all the time in the Bible that worship's talked about, almost never talked about in regards to music. Um, probably like praise would probably be a better word for that. But like worship's always used in the Bible. Well, like Old Testament, Abraham going to sacrifice Isaac. And he says, we're going to go worship and then we'll come back. He's about to go sacrifice his son. Like no music involved. I'm pretty sure he wasn't playing any type <laughs> if of it tune. Was, it was heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of music going on there. Um, but it means like, to be obedient, to like serve, to like sac like sacrifice. I mean, in the New Testament, first time it's used is the wise men. Um, we're going to come worship Jesus, like bring him gifts and worship. And like the New Testament <clears throat> translation of it or definition is like even weirder. It's like a dog licking the hand of its master. Yeah, that's what like. I think about that analogy a lot. When you was in yeah. your outline, I was like, yeah, there you go. That's that's how I think about it. Yeah, it's real. I mean, it's very. It's a very humble thing, but it doesn't have anything to do with music. But that's how we've come to associate worship. When you talk about worship, you think about like music and songs and stuff like that. And like, I guess just throw scripture in here, so I'm not just babbling on about my own <laughs> thoughts. But like Romans, um, 
12, 1 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. I mean, that's how it defines worship, which again is all about service and sacrifice. And like your whole life can and should be worship to God, do everything unto the Lord, things like that. So I don't know. I try actually, because I'm weird like that, try to find like where that switch happened to where people started talking about worship to mean like the musical portion. I mean, I couldn't find it. So I don't really know where that came from. Um, I mean, I do know that even in the tabernacle, like David appointed the Levites, or I guess God had David appoint the Levites to be kind of the musical worship leaders. It says that they sang and they played music in the tabernacle and they did the same thing in the temple. So, I mean, I think music has always been a part. I guess I'm just curious when people started calling that part worship. Well, do you think that the... The music service is like it 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 got that role as our worship because it's like the easy not the easiest the best corporate thing you can do. Like as a body, it's it's the the maybe the easiest way for everybody to be involved in it or some well, something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like me personally. My daily worship has little to to do with music, but it's a really good way to do it with a hundred people. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is it's a pretty unifying thing because um, everybody can like sing the same words and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, that could be it. I think you could argue that in theory you could be just as unified like reading scripture together, you know, because it's still reciting words, and then you don't even have to be able to sing. They were like, you know, follow the melody. You just say, say the words. But I don't know. That could be it. Um, I'm not really sure. Like I said, I searched it. Couldn't find it out. Not really sure. I mean, I know so- like songs and just like a song service, I think, has been around for a long time. I don't really know that I even found it very much in the New Testament, like talking about the churches. Like doesn't really. Other than um, I don't have that scripture right now, I don't think. But like singing to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that's in there. So, I mean, that's obviously encouraging singing and stuff like that. I think I do talk about that. I think I do have that in my notes. I don't have that scripture. I think I talk about that somewhere. But, yeah, I don't know. That could be it. could be a unifying thing. So do you think think praise and worship are two different things? Because I've talked to Brother Steve about it, and I've talked to Andrew, and and Steve, he talks like worship. And praise, you know, praise. You don't have to give anything when you, when you, when it's when it happens or whatever. But when worship happens, you give something when you worship. And like, I don't know. And I've asked yeah. multiple people, and some people think that they're they go hand in hand, they're the same or whatever. And then some people think that you know, like when we're jumping and everything, like it, you don't like it's it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you worship, I, got, I created this analogy or whatever in my head. Like sometimes when I'm in, I guess, deep worship or whatever where it's not jumping. It's more so like I'm under the weight of God or whatever and I'm either on the floor or crying or whatever. After that service, I I can, I can feel more drained when that type of mm-hmm. worship happens rather than jumping and sweating all service. Yeah. Like that's the, the first one's way more tiring and way more just draining than when I'm just jumping and 
and and screaming and hollering and spinning around. And so I don't know what your thoughts are because I heard I heard you say something about you know people have associated it with praise or whatever. So I don't know. I was just literally just looking up praise in my Blue Letter Bible to see what it says about it. Um, I'll shout out to Blue Letter Bible. Yeah, get you one. This Monterous. church, has, <laughs> I think this church uses that app. Everybody, constant. Yeah, it's constant. Just, hey, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. It's part of your digital sword. Okay, you're <laughs> not using the Blue Letter Bible. Know. You're what? really not like fully activating <laughs> your digital what sword. What even are you doing with your life? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to find it like in a. I already forgot what chapter I looked it up in. Yeah, I mean, because it just says things about like to praise, to boast, to make praise. These are kind of interesting. So it's like to make a fool of, make into a fool, act madly. We do that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do a little bit of that. I don't know if it's talking about that in like in a good way or a bad <laughs> Let's way. hope so. <laughs> you never really know. Because if not, we don't do that. Yeah. And only, <laughs> we only do it in a good way. I don't know. I mean, I've heard that too. I probably, That's probably something. You found something that I hadn't really searched up too much. <laughs> the difference between praise and worship. Because <laughs> I have heard people like, you know, compare the two. I guess my thing is, is that I really don't. Other than just it's the accepted word to use. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know that worship is the right word to use specifically for that. I mean, just because, like I said, everything that you do can be worship, yeah. you know? So, like, I mean, you can limit it to, like, what's going on in a song service and say, like, or a church service even, and say, like, well, this is worship and this is praise. But, well, it's like. I guess, and technically, even your praise would be would be worship. Like worship, if worship's not praise, but praise might be worship. I don't know, but I'll have to look into it. Could be. What do you? What did? What do you think? I. Well, like I said, I feel I feel different when there's different types of services or whatever. So, I think there's more of a there's something that gives more when. We're not just like jumping and stuff because it, it's easy to jump to a song or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I told Andrew like, I think that it's it's different when we do songs at church that it's easy to jump to because the congregation really likes it. Like mm-hmm. when we do songs that are jumping, yeah, and you know high energy or whatever, it's easy to worship to or whatever. And but when we do slower songs that are a little bit, I guess, deeper. Mm-hmm. It, you don't see the move that mm. the other songs have. Right. And I think it's harder. Like, I don't know. It's just, I think you have to give, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think it's just harder to worship sometimes to those songs because you might have to give a little bit more. And I've been talking to Brother Steve because some services, like last Sunday night, it was, you just, I told Ansley, like everything was like clicking on all cylinders. Everything was happening the way that it just seemed like it should happen. And I looked at her and I was like, I guess it's just one of them nights. And like, and I was thinking about it because we'll go from that type of service and we'll go to either a Sunday night service where I'm leading or whatever. And I feel like I'm the furthest away from God that I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I don't feel his presence. I don't, I can't read the room or anything, and I'm just, and it confuses me. And I ask Brother Steve, I'm like, why does sometimes we, you feel the spirit like you've never felt it before, and then 
we'll go next Sunday, just a week. And then it's like a totally different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is like, what happens for that to happen? And he's, and he said that, you know, sometimes we have to will worship where, you know, you have to worship when you don't even feel like worshiping. You have to worship when, you know, the room might not be the atmosphere that you want it to be. You still got to worship. And I don't know. I, I've had, uh, and I've been, I've felt convicted before because I'm like, it's probably something inside of me that is happening that is limiting me from feeling the presence of God. And honestly, reading your notes, a lot of it <laughs> convicted me. I, read, I was reading, I was like, I want to stop reading this because, like, some of your notes convicted me because I feel like sometimes people might. Sometimes I feel that people might look at my worship and think, maybe he's just doing it to do it. And I have had that thought multiple times. And reading your notes, I was honestly convicted because I was like, and I hope people aren't seeing this when I'm worshiping or whatever. But I don't know, sometimes when it'll be like Andrew was like, let's talk about last Sunday night because it was real good or whatever. And then. This Sunday night, this Sunday, you know, if it's something different, I'm like, what happened from last Sunday to this Sunday? And I don't know what your thoughts are on about that, but. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that too is something that kind of made me study about worship because, I mean, I'll just speak from my experience, which again is pretty much just in this church, which I love. But um, it always seems like Sunday nights are like, we'll just call it like the blowout service. <laughs> I don't know what the proper term for it is. But it just seems like for some people, like that's the service they like look forward to. Yeah. And then like a lot of times, like if you ask somebody to like judge your service, they'll be like, yeah, that's the, that was the good one. Which again, like it, just the way you talk about stuff gets weird. But <clears throat> I've had different thoughts about why I think that is. Um, Cause that, that bothers me too. Cause that's my thing. Like, if God is always present, he's always in our hearts and he's the same always Mm -hmm. like yesterday, today, forever. He's always the same. So why do we feel differently about different services? Like if our purpose and our goal in worshiping is to like glorify God and just cause he's worthy of it cause he created us and he loves us and like, he's just worthy of our praise and our worship. Then why is it that some worship services seem different than others and have two different thoughts about it? Neither of which are like my own original thoughts. So take that for what you will. Um, I heard Stephanie Gretzinger talk about one time and she said something about like coming into a service with your lamp already filled with oil is what she talked about. And so like some people, they come in, with their lamp already filled. And so, you know, if you want to use an expression of like fire or whatever falling or anything like that, then like you're already like there. And I mean, I think, and she said something about like, even if just like one person comes in with that expectation, I think that's maybe the better like word to use is like expecting some, like expecting God to be present, like clearly present and obvious that he's there and you feel him feel his presence, whatever. Um, 
that God's so gracious that he'll move just for that one person. So like he could move in spite of anything else that anyone's doing right or wrong on the platform, off the platform, like just because that one person came looking to have a moment with him that he will give that to them, which I thought was kind of convicting to me. Cause I think it's hard not to take that pressure on yourself as a worship leader. At least it is for me to feel like, Cause just like defining like what is my role as a worship leader? Like what 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 is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing up here? Like is am I just supposed to just like worship God like I would not up there and just I just happen to be in front of everybody or because I'm in front of everybody like what, I, you know what I mean? I don't know if you if you ever feel that way, but that's how I think about it a lot. Just I, like, I don't think I I don't know. I don't. I don't think I still know how I'm supposed to right. lead worship the right, like yeah. the right way. I don't know. Yeah, and so um, another way that I think about it is like, and this is actually my own, or maybe it's not. <laughs> I just heard it somewhere. I think it's like it's got to be like holding up a mirror. Like that's our. We're out in front of everybody, but we're we're not wanting them to focus on us. We're wanting them to focus on God. So if I'm standing behind a mirror, I'm holding it up to God, just this is like a theoretical thought here, then like I'm reflecting God back to everyone. But that's who they see. They should see him. They shouldn't see me. And if I stay behind that mirror, then that's all they'll see is just him. But that's hard to do because there's not an actual mirror there. There's nothing <laughs> blocking them there's from seeing you. <laughs> and so it's hard. And the thing is, is you can't control what other people do. Like, I do think that there's real danger. I do think it happens a lot where people like associate, like they feel like the spirit is more present or more obvious or moves more based on who's singing or what song that they do. I think there's obviously real danger in that. Cause like that's making an idol. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if it's about anything other than God, then it's an idol. So, but you can't control like people having those thoughts. The only thing you can do is like, as best you can, just make sure that you're like always pointing people to God, not doing anything that's drawing like unnecessary attention to yourself. Um, I'm like jumping all over my notes sometimes <laughs> to remember because I know I talk about so many things on here. Um, let's see. Well, for one thing, let me back up to the Bible because that seems like always a good place to <laughs> to start with. So, like, um. John 4, 23, 24, everybody probably knows this story. It's God meets the Samaritan woman at the well. But he says, now is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And um, so, yeah, I mean, a true worshiper is real in their, like, in that, definition the word for like truth there is like real and authentic and um think in spirit means just like sincerely like with your whole heart and um so for one in order to like truly worship god like in a true real authentic way you have to know god and like know about him um and the only way to do that is from the bible i mean i think god still talks to people um, like outside of the Bible, I guess I mean, but he's never going to say anything that contradicts the Bible. And I mean, he's like given us the Bible to know more about him. And so I feel like if you're not 
I think that put that on my notes, like how can we properly wash, worship a God that we don't know? Um, and if you don't know, like you don't have any knowledge of God, like you never read the Bible, you don't know anything about him, but then you can go to a worship service and like really get like moved and pumped up. Then like at that point, like what's really moving you? Because is it God or the God that you don't really know, but you're quote unquote worshiping him. But like, how can you worship a God you don't know? So I don't know. Like that's, that's one thing is just to, and I talk about that too, is like, that's a lot of the podcasts that I've listened to recently has been about um, like making sure that your songs are really biblical, like biblical lyrics. We've actually started talking on the group about trying to write our own songs, which I think would be cool. I don't think it's a skill that I personally possess, <laughs> but I like the idea of it. Cause you know, I think we're a unique church and that we do have a mix of like people like, or we do a mix of songs, like just slow songs, fast songs. We can do a little bit of everything. And it's hard to find like fast songs. <laughs> Not even that that's a requirement or whatever, but you know, just whatever. Like if we're going to, I just want whatever we sing to be, the truth like mm-hmm. i think that's part of the in spirit and in truth is like truth is the bible it's like a real revelation of god and i mean in our church the worship service lasts for like over 50 percent of the service yeah so if you think even just somebody who's a non-believer if you actually have somebody come to the church that doesn't believe in god and you spend an hour and a half singing and maybe only like 20 to 30 minutes in a sermon then like an hour and a half is a real good opportunity to like throw some truth out there in addition to the maybe 20, 30 minute message that they have. And music does move people. Like, um, I love songs that are like based in scripture and a lot of script songs are based in scripture that I didn't even know were because I didn't know the Bible that well. But the more you read, the more you're like, Oh man, that's, that's where that comes from. That song is like talking about this. This is like, it's actual scripture that they're singing. And like, so I think that's a good way to make sure that like at least you're trying to do the best you can to like make sure people are worshiping the right thing yeah. is like to sing about the right things. If that makes sense. Um, oh, it made sense. Cause that was one of your notes that <laughs> I read it and I was like, a knot got in my throat and I felt like yeah. I was pierced in the heart and I was like, I sometimes like, cause sometimes, sometimes through the week I'll look back, like Sunday, Saturday or Friday will hit when we're trying to figure out a song or post songs or something. And I look back at the week and I'm just sitting there thinking, I don't, other than Monday night prayer, I probably, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time with God. And some, and then, then I kind of get in my head and I'm like, well, maybe I should not lead worship this Sunday. <laughs> Cause that's like, that's how my thought process goes. But no, I think you're, that's like one of the reasons I really like mercy culture worship. Like I'm, I've honestly stopped listening to Maverick city quite a bit. And I've been listening to mercy culture worship. And I know Sean, he says, I asked him what his thoughts were about mercy culture. And he was like, Sean, (laughs) (laughs) I had to do that. That way he'll have something to complain about. I was like, like, yeah, I say his name wrong or something. But anyway, I asked him about Mercy Culture, and he was like, they sound a lot like us, so I'm not the biggest fan. And I was like, yeah, you're right. They kind of do sound a little bit like Bethel. but He's lo- not a fan because they sound like Bethel? Yeah, he was like, they just sound a lot like us. He was like, I kind of like to listen to something yeah, a little like different. different. <laughs> and But yeah. anyways, me and Hannah really like them just because 
she'll usually, if she's singing a song, she reads the scripture yeah. that the song is from, and their music is fire, and the words are fire. And so, but I like to listen to them most of the time. Yeah, that's something that I'd kind of like for us to do more. I think we we have done it more um, lately, but just like like quoting scripture when we can, and not like as a, like an obligation thing, but just because I don't know. For me, I like to I like to research the lyrics of songs. There's actually a website called like the Berrien Test or something, and it'll like break down a song into like where you can find it in scripture and stuff because. I'm just curious and like to know things. So I'll get on there and look and you know, some people like won't know where it comes from. You're like, you're singing a song and it's like, Oh yeah, these are good words and stuff. But I think it means something different whenever you like know it's from the Bible, Mm -hmm. I guess, like bringing the word into it. That's something I would maybe like to do more. But I mean, I think that's just a good thing. Like look at each song that you sing and be like, is this like biblical? Like, can we, can I find any of this in scripture? I'm not saying that every single song has to be like singing the complete scriptures or anything like that. But I mean, I think the majority of what you sing should have a biblical reference or at least not be like contradicting the Bible for sure. Um, Do those songs exist? Songs that contradict, contradict scripture? the Bible? Um, I mean, that you know of? Okay, I'll get <laughs> I'll give you one. Okay, I'm just curious. I don't want to get. I, I know there's some that necessarily aren't. I feel confident that Eve- Elevation uh, Church is not listening to this podcast. No, no not words. yet. Anyway, <laughs> but like, okay, so and this is just one single, one single line in that in that song that bothers me, and I don't even know that it's necessarily contradicting scripture. I just think again, it's an example of like what you say matters and can be misinterpreted. So, like, love that song because it really is combining like an old hymn with like new lyrics too. Like, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the third time after time. Like, that's, like, combining old and new. Love it. But then it gets to the bridge, and it says, um, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, which that part is actually from Scripture. It's from Psalms. But then he says, that's why I trust him. And I don't know why, but it bothers the crap out of me. I hate that part of that song. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that several times from several people. Yeah, because it's to me, the way it comes off is like, because God answers my prayers, that's why I trust him. Like kind of the whole God's a genie thing. Like he he did something for me, so I know I can trust him. You know what I mean? And maybe, again, that might not have been their intention in saying it. And it's not even necessarily saying that the Lord answered in the way you wanted him to. You know, like God can answer prayers different than what you asked for. I think. Um, so it's not even necessarily, I don't, he's not really even saying that he definitely answered the way I wanted him to. And that's why I trust him. But that's the way it comes off to me. Um, but I that's why you. I should trust God is because. Yeah. I guess I, I, the another person that brought that song up and had that concern, I guess I thought about it for a day or two and I thought, well, it's not saying I seek the Lord and he hears and he answers and that's why I trust him. But I sought him out at one time, like we all did, and he heard and he answered. And that is why I trust him. Yeah. I think. But that's part of the reason. But I understand completely what you're saying. It's just not clear. Yeah. Yeah. See, sometimes I, because I've heard you say, you know, do we worship, do we praise or worship the the hand that's connected to the, mm-hmm. the giver, or do we actually worship who the hand is, like mm-hmm. who's has, whose the hand is or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, 
That's right. Like, do we love Jesus because of what he does, or do we mm-hmm. just love Jesus because of who he is? Right. And I was reading in John 1 uh, the other day, and we kind of were studying John 1 for our solo podcast. Nice. <laughs> we're going to try. Shout out to the Bible. <laughs> yeah, shout out. <laughs> but anyways, Nathaniel, Philip was like, Nathaniel, you know, Christ has come. The Messiah is here, and he's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel was like, what good thing can come from <laughs> Nazareth? And Philip's like, just come and see. And so Nathaniel, it says in John 1, 47, it says, Then Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said about him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. And he said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. And he said, Rabbi, Nathaniel replied, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus responded to him, Do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And that this conversation kind of reminds me, like, Jesus is saying, or I feel like Philip or Nathaniel's believing because of what Jesus told him what he did. And that kind of makes me think, well, you know, maybe that's how sometimes some people just believe is because of what he did. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's like after that, you don't follow him because of what he did for you. I don't know. Because yeah. of who he is. Because of who he, he is. Yeah, at some point you need to get over that and move toward, oh my God, that's who he is. Yeah, yeah. I think like, um, I don't know, that hit me one time in, in service. I was like, even if God never did anything else for me, like he's done more than what I could ever ask for. Like just, just sending his son to die on the cross for my sins, like that's the greatest thing he ever ever could have done for me as far as like giving me something. And so like, even if he never gave me another thing, like that would still have been enough. But yeah, there's a couple songs out. Things make me think of songs. There's that old song, like Lord, I praise you because of who you are, not because of all the mighty things that you've done. And then that daily bread song, I think I've posted on the group before it says, um, I will seek your face before I seek your hand. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's true. I mean, I think if you tie God too much to the things that he's done or what he can do for you, like I said, you kind of turn him into a genie. Yeah. He's kind of just like there to do your bidding or whatever. And I mean, it's just so much more than that. And, and again, even if he never did anything else, even just creating us, like he's worthy of our worship either way. Yeah. And I know um, I've told people that it's funny how people will come to church when things are going bad. And then when things start going good, it's like, yeah, you miss you. You don't see them anymore, and, and it's like, well, I guess things are going good. So I guess they, they, yeah. they don't need him at this point, right? And I, and this is kind of off topic, but I guess along the same lines, uh, I know that Andrew has some, some other views of the rapture or whatever, or when he's coming back or whatever, and it's and nobody really knows. But I had this thought that. Maybe, you know, everybody's like, well, he's going to come back when everything's super bad. He's going to, you know, sometimes I think that maybe he's going to come back when things are really good because he says, I'm going to come in an hour a man doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe he's going to come back when everything's are good and the people who are still faithful to him, even though the world is good, everything's going great, the people who are still chasing after Jesus, even though nothing's bad, then, like, it'll see he'll see the people that actually care about him rather than what he's going to do or save him or whatever. 
that thought is ran through my mind. But I'll say one thing on the rapture. I definitely think whatever it looks like, it ain't gonna be anything like what we think it is. (laughs) I was talking to somebody about the other day. I'm like, man, they were talking about Jesus coming the first time for like hundreds of years and they had scripture and prophecy and all this stuff and then they didn't even recognize him when he came yep. so i don't know what makes us think that that we've got it all you know figured uh, out panned out whatever. i don't know how this came up <laughs> <laughs> no I, we're not going here. i ain't saying nothing except <laughs> that yesterday i was up here and your dad come in which is our pastor and he and we was talking about this subject and he knows how i feel about it and i know how he feels about it and um uh, he said, well, I'll tell you one thing we can meet on. Catherine said it best. It didn't, didn't look like the first time what they thought it was going to, and it probably ain't going to look the second time like we think it's going to. Yeah. Basically, you ain't got no idea. <laughs> Just. uh, That's faith, though, right? Yep, that's exactly right. So. Anyways. We can move on from there. Yeah. Yeah, please Lord. I don't have understand. any I don't have any notes on the rapture. So. No, I, um, I do, but this is not that time. Uh so I'll I this is the best bringing it back to worship, the best analogy that I've found so far. And I'm still working out it in my head because I just found it like a couple of weeks ago. It's AW Tozer, which if you ever do listen to to worship podcasts, they love them some Tozer. This guy, it's cr- actually pretty crazy though, because he he's it's like decades old. Like I mean, he probably wrote this stuff like fifty years or more ago, but was already talking about like how like entertainment seeps seeps in to worship. You know, like people come to church or come to worship service to be like entertained. You know, to like really get something, consume something, versus like producing worship. Anyways, he talked about. Um, Let me find it. Okay, here's what it says. Um, It says, has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? And so you take that back to the one thing he's talking about. Like, So if you get your heart in tune to God, you know, you spend time with him, praying, reading the Bible, just just like spending time with God, your heart becomes more in tune with his heart. Well, then that's like what's kind of in a in an instrument by itself, like an in-tune instrument by itself, guitar, piano, whatever, sounds beautiful. Like you can make a beautiful song out of a, a single instrument. And I think that you can have like beautiful moments alone with God, just you, like nothing else, no music, nothing. I mean, probably play music, don't play music, but you can have moments where you feel God's presence without any other external stuff, I guess is what I'm saying. And it's beautiful. But that's kind of what's special about church is if you get in a room full of other people, hundreds of people even, that are also all in tune to God. He's saying you're naturally in tune to each other because if you're all tuned to the same thing and then you're in a room, then you're all actually in tune together and then you're all playing together. And like a whole room full of in tune instruments playing is like also a very like beautiful thing and it's special. But I think that's like... It just makes a lot of sense to me because it also makes sense that like you can kind of like not lose God or anything like that, but just not be like as in tune, like not as aware of his presence in your life, not like spending moments with him and stuff like that, kind of just getting bogged down by the week or whatever. And I think, I don't think that it's anyone's real intention, but I think people can get in tuned to another person versus in tune to God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Um, and so I like that analogy because I think it kind of like answers a lot of thoughts that I have or questions that I have about, you know, why does sometimes it feels like the service goes one way and other times it goes to another, like maybe when it doesn't go the way I think it should or something like maybe just something's out of tune. You know what I mean? Like maybe when you come in, you're just like not already. I think that's actually what I've decided is probably the biggest factor on like Sunday nights is you think about Sunday mornings, people are having to get through their whole week. You know, you're kind of having to get into a mindset where you've pushed out what's going on your whole week and like focus on God and like what you're there for to worship him, glorify him, stuff like that. On Sunday nights, hopefully the only thing that you really have to get through is whatever happened between Sunday morning and Sunday night, which in most cases shouldn't be that much. So when you come in, you're kind of already, you've already gotten rid of all the stuff from the week. So you're already like in already more in a place to be like in tune to like feel his presence there, if that makes sense. So I think it's an expectation thing for one. Like I think people already come in like, oh, I know it's Sunday night, so it's going to be a good service. So that obviously is already going to like do something for their mindset. But then too, just like having kind of got rid of the week's baggage, maybe Sunday morning get you a little lighter and more in tune, I guess. I just like that analogy because I think it makes sense for a lot of things. And like I said, I think people can get in tune to each other. Like maybe instead of being in tune to God, people are like in tune to the worship leader, which if that worship leader is in tune to God, then that's great. But if they're not, then it's like that can be a problem. But anyways, and I think going back to like biblical lyrics, like I think that's how you kind of, I think that's how you keep yourself in tune is to like, to read the Bible and spend like time with God. And then um, as far as like kind of making sure or helping to make sure that the congregation is, is where it's supposed to be focused on what it's supposed to be. is like, if your lyrics, if what you're singing about is a real direct representation of God and like saying truthful things about him, then hopefully that will lead to like genuine expressions of like worship and praise it won't be just based on like, oh, this song really gets me geared up. Like, love the notes, love the riffs, whatever you want to call them. Like, it won't be about that. It'll be about what you're actually singing about, if that makes sense. So is that how you go about picking songs? I I don't know. Because I, I struggle with this <laughs> yeah. every week. Because yeah. Harley is bringing, she says she's bringing like 20 kids this Sunday night. Because they all want to come back to Bethel because community doesn't have service on Sunday and so I was like this week for picking my song mm-hmm. a part of me was Wants thinking to cater to them how how do what song do I need to sing to maybe engage them into the mm-hmm. worship yeah and then I started to think that's I don't think that is the point mm-hmm. if they're if they come wanting to be engaged they'll engage whether or not I sing mm-hmm. a certain song or whatever and so like I was thinking about maybe let's sing anything as possible. You know, it's a jumpy song. It's mm-hmm. it's it's cool sounds and whatever. It gets, I hate this word, hype. It gets hype. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then, but I ended up just picking gratitude because I felt like that was the song I needed to sing. But uh, I almost switched it or whatever because I was like, well, I know they're coming and maybe I should sing something that they would enjoy or whatever. Yeah. And I know like that can get, that can get kind of dangerous sometimes if that is why you're picking a song. And I'm not yeah. going to say I've never done that. I most definitely have picked right. a song because I thought that the congregation was going to move a certain way. And yeah. 
it's funny because now it's way harder to pick songs mm -hmm. when you realize yeah. why you're picking a song. Yeah. That's the, like, I think that is the most difficult thing that I've ever experienced as a worship leader is trying to figure out what I'm going to sing for Sunday, for Sunday morning, Sunday night. Yeah, it just, it's, I mean, for me, definitely, it's just really easy to get it in your own head because you're like thinking about all the things. My mind is like a, I'm a hamster in a wheel or something like that. <laughs> it's like, I like, I want to pick a song that like speaks the truth about God, but then like if everybody else is singing a real like slow song and that's like, not the way the spirit's like again even as i'm saying it i'm like is that even the right way to talk about it like that's not the way the spirit's moving but you know so then you kind of feel like maybe i need to do something a little different tempo or whatever all that's just like i don't know it's a lot of noise in my head that i i, I definitely don't have it like worked out i mean you're talking about breaking down like 32 years of life experience and trying to figure out, sift it out what's what's good, what's not good, if that's even the right way to talk about it. But I mean, I think it's definitely always safer if, if you know the song that you're saying, singing is like saying true things about God and will make people think about God and and respond to that. Like that's what they're responding to is the content of the song. And it doesn't really matter if it's a fast song or a slow song or a jumpy song or not. Then, you know, that's what's what I think is important. Um, because, it, like I said, I mean, you can't really, you can't do anything necessarily about people in the congregation. Like, you definitely can't control their thoughts. You can't control their motivations. You can't control, like, what they're there for. We can only do what we can control about ourselves and just try not to, like, feed it into into anything like that that's maybe like not a healthy way to look at it um francis chan has quote says never let your public passion exceed your private devotion so i mean if you're spending that time with god and i i know i probably am coming off like i'm just like constantly all the time like just like just really having great <laughs> private moments with the lord i have three kids yeah. i like teach middle school with kids that are crazy and uh then I come home and I like I'm taking care of kids until probably about nine o'clock at night. And at that point I'm just ready to go to bed. So I don't mean to come off like super spiritual. Like I'm like in my prayer closet all the time. Um, but I mean, I do think like if the most hype or most like you ever feel passionate about something, it's just when you're at church, then maybe that's a moment where like I need to check my heart. Okay. Cause Again, if God's everywhere and he's always good and never changes, then there's no reason why I can't feel the same way by myself. But again, I'm not saying, I'm like, definitely not forsaking church because, again, if you think about that, like, whole instrument thing, there is something different and special about being in a room full of people who all have the same agenda. We're all here for the same reason. We're all here to worship God. Like, we're all in tune to that. Then, like, that is a really special and different thing that you don't always have by yourself. But it's... It shouldn't be like that that's the only place that you can feel like that. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, like this quote says, if if your private, if your public passion outweighs your private devotion, like you're never spending any time, you never think about God, nothing, but then like you can get up Sunday morning, Sunday night, whenever you come to church. And that's whether you're on the platform or not. Like if you're not on the platform, but the only time you ever worship is at church, then like again, maybe check your heart. We all need to check our hearts. Just check your heart. 
just check your motivation and you know what are you what are you really there for what's moving you is it the person that's singing is it the song that they're singing i will say this i know i got a lot of quotes i could not find I, this is one of the many pages of from my random pages of notes I'm trying to find it i didn't i didn't put a quotation marks around this so if this is my own thoughts i'm really proud of myself <laughs> but i'm not sure that it is um dang did I not put it in here? Well, I guess I'll just have to remember it myself. I guess if I wrote it myself, I should be able to remember it by myself. It was something about like, God has given us uninhibited access to him. Like Jesus, through Jesus, we can come boldly. Like that's in Hebrews, I'm pretty sure. Hebrews 11. Oh, there it is. I think it's in there. Yeah, there it is. I don't know where it is on mine, but. I think that I have the not. Edited version. Okay. We have the long version. You get the long version. I must have cut some things out. It's in Hebrews. I know for sure. I'm pretty sure it's in Hebrews 10. I love Hebrews 10. But in there is where it talks about like that Jesus is our high priest and stuff. Basically, like through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we have uninhibited access to the Father. Um, because y'all know I love talking about the veil. But Anyways, the veil's torn. So, like, there's nothing that separates us from from going immediately to God. We don't need, like, an, a mediator of any kind. Like, that's Jesus. You don't need a person or anything. And so, if you do require some special song or some special worship leader to, like, make you feel like you're in the presence of God, then you've sewn the veil back up. Mm-hmm. Like, you've you've made there be some type of like barrier between you and God and you can't get to him unless you have that thing. And that's not what God wants. And so like, I don't know. I get real tore up talking about the bell. So I'm going to back it up. Cause I just, y'all talked about that song come out of hiding. Stephanie great singer, like any song that talks about the veil, the throne room song, it gets me every time. But like, Pull it together. No, you're good. Okay. I, if you listen to the episode with my dad, he cried through the whole thing. I don't know. Just to just to think about. Whew, man, I didn't really. I did not expect to get emotional. <laughs> um, how's that song go? I'm trying to think of it. You saw it all, so you chose the cross. Mm-hmm. What's the part about the veil? Though? You tore the remember. veil so I could come yeah. close. You tore the veil so I could come close. And um, yeah, the guy that my husband likes us to skip Heitzig, he talks about this one time and he said that, you know, after Jesus died on the cross and the veil's torn from top to bottom, like they kept doing animal sacrifices after that because he talks about it. And like Paul, in the different places he goes to, he like warns them against doing that after what Jesus did on the cross. And he was like, so they had to have sewn the veil back up. And I'm like, man, in what ways do we do that now? That we really, like, you don't have to have anything. Like, he's right here. He's right beside us. He's in our hearts. He's everywhere all the time. And you don't have to have anything or anyone to get to him, and he's just right there. But we, like, that's why it really does. It drives me crazy about, like, as far as, like, worship service goes, is I'm like, it's really just a lack of awareness, I guess, of like that he's there. He's there and he wants to be there and he wants you to feel him there. 
and I, and it is sad that it like does usually a lot of times it does take like some bad thing happening for you to like really seek them out. Um, cause I, I mean, I'm just as bad as anybody else about that, but any time that I've ever like prayed, like, God, I just want to feel you in this moment. Like, it's like, I've had times where I feel like I've went into the throne room and just like, I feel like I got my head just laying in his lap and he's just like, you know, rubbing my back or something, or I've been sitting on a park bench and just felt just like broken and it's like he put his arm around me and that's just like times that I've been alone and there's not any music or anything like that it's just like I took the time to just sit and think about him and he was right there and you know so I don't think there's anything that you have to do to like conjure up his presence. I hate to use that word, but I don't know what other word to use. Like there's not a set. I don't think you have to do this, this, and this to make the spirit fall. And because it's given us too much control, you know, like it's given us too much of the power to say like, you got to do this and you got to do that. And you got to do this for his spirit to fall and his presence to move. And I don't think it's as difficult at all as all that. I think it's literally just realizing that he's already there. And thinking about who he is. I mean, and what he's done, too. I don't think you have to, like, forsake the things that he's done as being like, well, I shouldn't care about that. Because that's that's your real experiences that, like, let you know, you know, versus, like, I have this idea in my head, but I've never, like, experienced it. You know, I think whenever things happen that you have prayed about or, like, you just see God do, like, a miraculous thing. It's just like a confirmation thing, but you just, you don't have to have anything. I think like it's a little bit too, uh, I guess, Old Testament tabernacle for me. I'm not, not to throw it out, you know, cause I think that it's a picture and it's a type, but I think God had better planned. I think that was Jesus, but you know, they had to have very specific rules for laying out the sacrifice. There was a very detailed way for them to do it, you know, to lay it out just so. And, and so I don't think there's anything wrong with preparation, you know, whether that's like practicing songs and stuff like that. Cause if nothing else, it just it lets you focus on what you're really trying to do versus like, Oh man, like the notes are off and everybody's on the wrong time and, and things like that. It kind of lets you focus on what's important. So I do think there's not like anything wrong with, with preparation, but I don't think we have to do anything crazy or special or anything. He's just, he's, he's there. He's what's good. He's got the control. He's got the power. He's, it's him. It's not us. So as much as we can move ourselves out of the way, the better. Yeah, I think if anything, you know how you say, like, we're looking for his presence. We're waiting for his presence. Mm -hmm. I think it's the other way around. He's looking for Mm -hmm. us and waiting for us to realize that he is there. I think it's the other way around. Like, he's waiting on us to finally get over the fact that he is there and just like Romans 12, one was saying, just come and present ourselves. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> Andrew, I'm not, I'm not ready. He's <laughs> still sitting there in it. Oh, that's funny. I'm trying to look back over. I might've actually done it in a, 
reasonable amount of time, we might have actually talked about most of the things on here. Uh, oh, yeah, I finally found the, the bullet that I was looking for there. Look at that. Um, I think that's also like songs that, like Throne Room Song, obviously I love that it talks about the veil. That's my jam, but um, songs that like sing the song like holy, holy, holy and stuff like I think songs like that are really powerful too because you're people say that expression but it's like you're literally are joining with the song of heaven that's what the elders and the creatures are doing are just singing holy 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 that he's worthy and um of all the glory and the power forever like that's so when you sing songs like that like that's that's truth and that's what's happening in heaven right now. So we're kind of like joining with that. I think that's really awesome and powerful too. And I can't, I don't know. I tried to think of songs the other day. I'm like, do we sing biblical songs? Do we not sing biblical songs? That, I'm sure there's some that are more than others. Some that are probably more, you know, kind of experience-based. Like maybe this song, like, um, what's that new song? about the? Something about oil, I think, right? Pour my love. Pour my love on you. And I mean, that ties into like the story about Mary and stuff like that, like Mary anointing or actually Jesus is anointed by multiple people. Once again, using the proper phrase. <laughs> sometimes it's Mary, sometimes it's not. But anyway, just like anointing God's feet and stuff, anointing Jesus' feet, that does come from the Bible. But I guess I, if you think about it, like um, somebody didn't read the Bible and didn't know anything about it, like what would they think when they hear the song? Would it make them be like, oh, I feel like I know God better from that song. Yeah. <laughs> or would it just be like, oh, that's a, that's a cool song. On this <laughs> yeah. But like, again, that might be an opportunity to like, let's, let's bring in some scripture. Let's like yeah. read where this is coming from. So you're not like, why are they talking about that? And that might be really something to think about, especially on, on Sunday night. Cause you know, like when I was a kid and I was a teenager, I read like, I had a study Bible that had like devotions in it that would, you know, have a couple scriptures and stuff. But as far as like really like reading out and understanding the Bible, plus it was like King James or nothing <laughs> when I was a kid. So like, I mean, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty good reader, but you know, the King James, you ain't that good. <laughs> King James, even now is still, it's still pretty tough. Like I, I'll read a couple different versions, but you know, think about those kids, how much of the Bible do they like know and understand, you know? So when we sing certain songs, are they going to understand where that's coming from or like, yeah relate it to anything having to do with God. So like, you know, that might be something to consider to bring in more truth with the spirit and spirit and truth is to, to bring in some scripture to relate it to them. Give it, I guess like, it's like a grounding thing. Like I can ground this in the Bible and then next time I sing it, I'll think about it. Or maybe even it forces them to kind of look it up. Like, Oh, he said, he said this was from somewhere. I'm going to, I'm going to look that up. And then they start reading it. Things like that. Because it's like a practical thing that you can do to kind of, you know, keep the right mindset and whatever you want to call it. Uh, this song, Good, Good Father, which is, you know, Chris Tomlin, I know it's not our style. Uh, and song. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not kind of current, I guess. It's not yeah. the current Maverick City Elevation type. Yeah. That, you know, I don't know how long it was out before Jeb was born, but it probably was, but I didn't ever pay any attention until then. And that song is kind of like the chorus verses are 
not that impressive, but just the simple chorus <laughs> that that's all it takes for me. If you just if yeah. I ain't feeling it, that's my that's my go to. And just like you're saying about laying your head in his lap or whatever, that's if I go to that mindset rather than how come ain't nobody jumping or mm-hmm. you know, whatever, then I'm going to the floor because yeah, that's it. It's all that's my trigger. Yeah, and uh, so I have. Well, that song comes on, you're like, because the music is boring, and the, <laughs> you know. The, the, but the premise of the song is that's my trigger, and yeah. that's probably you know that's kind of my favorite type of song. It's not even tight, but my the content mm-hmm. is my favorite is the love of God or the fatherhood mm-hmm. of God or whatever. That's yeah. that's when you can pretty well guarantee where you'll find me. Yeah. I know that's not the you know, I should shouldn't be that content maybe maybe not that content driven, like it takes a certain song to get you. We've been talking about that a little bit, but yeah. But that is just I can't help that. That is No, I would think that's a more healthy way to look at it though. Or yeah. this book Worship Matters and it says uh, to avoid what does he say? Higher energy, low content. Yeah. songs because music moves people any type of music can move people and passionate people move people like somebody who's really like into something it don't matter what it is it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing like people are drawn to people who are passionate about what they do yeah and so you know like i think that's why he says that is to kind of avoid songs that you know are really going to make people move but then they don't have any like substance to them then like what are people really moving to? Are they moving to like the music, the song? Are they moving to like the words they're if, but if the words aren't saying anything about God, then you know what I mean? It just, it is a weird like tension kind of thing. And I think it's hard to find the balance in it. And maybe that's part of it too, is just like, that's where the faith comes in. You can't like melt it down to this perfect formula and this perfect, like I got to do this and this, and then I'll, I'll be doing true worship. But you know, I just think you have to do the best you can to keep focused. I think that song's good. I that's something that I've in my personal devotion, I guess, I've been trying to do is to think of God more as a father. I don't really know why I haven't, other than I don't know if it you know, I'm sure for some people it's hard to think of God as a father if they've had a bad father. I've had an awesome father. Like I mean, he's a great example of of like what I, I mean, if my dad is as good as he is, then like God's even better than that. <laughs> so, I mean, I've just been really blessed, but I just, I don't know. I just haven't ever really thought of him in that way as a father. I guess I think of him more as just like Lord, like he's in control and he's on his throne and, you know, but maybe not so much in the, like he really cares about me and he really like loves me and like sees me as a daughter you know like that's i ain't gonna do it i ain't gonna <laughs> you're trying to get just, me down there i ain't just, gonna do it just do it <laughs> I ain't gonna do it. that's the that's uh, the only way i see him anymore yeah since yeah for six years six and a half years now that's it mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty much summed up right there yeah and when any other thought creeps in i go nope not ready to figure out what's after this if there is anything after it i'm not ready yet this is yeah. i'm hanging out right here you yeah. change me as much as you want to change me while we're <laughs> right here. And then if you're ready for me to 
for my theology to grow a little, then force it on me because <laughs> I just want to go the good father route. And yeah. I don't think even if there is something after that, that that part never goes away. That's, I think that's the mm-hmm. foundation. Yeah. That's number one. And I think most people don't know that. Or or maybe they'll like, yeah, but they don't really believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, and I think, you know, kind of back to the worship thing, if you think of think of god more as lord then i could see where some of my like previous thoughts about worship like you got to do this and this because it's like you're almost trying to please somebody like i feel like if somebody's lord master and he is those things i'm not trying to like say he's not those things but i think you approach someone like that differently than you would approach somebody that you think of as your father because if you think of somebody as your father like at least again i was been very blessed with my dad like, I, there's nothing that I could go to my dad about or anything that he, it would change how he felt about me. Like, he would love me no matter what I did or said. He would still love me. And so, like, God, again, is even better than that. Like, to whatever degree that exists here, it's even infinitely more for him. So, like, I don't know why I would think that. I need to do X, Y, Z to like make worship better or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, smell. I was going to say, I think I got one more quote. And be- <laughs> I actually don't think I even put this quote in here. It said something like you can't no Oh, worship has never become more powerful the more things you add to it because the power doesn't come from what you put into it. It comes from, like, the source of the power is the source itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, I did not quote that correctly. I apologize, Jeremy Riddle, if you ever listen to this podcast. That he will. is listening. I misquoted you. Live. But it's like, you <laughs> so know what well. I mean? Like, there's nothing that we can do that makes worship in and of itself more powerful because the power doesn't come from us. It comes from God. He's the source of all power. You know, so I think it's just like, we're just really small. I think that's what it ultimately comes down to is we're just yeah. real small. And we start to think a little bit too much of ourselves and thinking that we got a little bit more control over things and people than what we do or should have. Um, and yeah, just remembering who he is and, that he loves us. I mean, I I don't know. I think if you ever can really wrap your brain around God being a good, good father, like, I don't know how you can ever think about him and not just get tore up, tore up about it. I mean, for me, I, I've noticed it in the last few years, probably maybe since studying this, like when I feel maybe like overwhelmed by his presence, I end up in the floor like probably over 50% of the time that that happens. Like, I just feel like I can't stand up anymore. Yeah. I'm just like, I, it just is, it just feels like an overwhelming, like very heavy thing, um, which is different than what I would say used to happen. But yeah, I'm here for it, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I like how Sal says it. if he's father, and we know he is, and he's got to be the best there's ever been. Mm-hmm. And I know how good my dad is. And I know how much I love my kids. And if he's 
worlds beyond that, that's enough for me. Yeah. And that and that has become enough for me. What about the going to the floor versus the more exuberant <laughs> reactions? What what's your thoughts on that? I Do mean have any? I don't know. I don't really have any, I guess, other than like I I guess could say that at times I've had more expressive forms. I, I don't know how you would call it, <laughs> how you call mm. it, but I've, you know, but that's, and I, I don't feel like I was being disingenuous when I was right. doing it. I didn't feel like I was like, oh, I'm doing this for the show of it or anything like that. I mean, it felt like natural in the moment, whether it was, whether or not, I don't, whatever. But just now that's just not what happens very much for me. And I don't, I don't have an explanation for it. Just is what it is, I guess. It's such a <laughs> this topic is it could lead it goes so many yeah. different fang, like fingers on a uh-huh. lake or something because like Sunday night everybody was testifying and I wasn't like I didn't want to lay in the floor and cry. I just couldn't stand there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm excited or something. What is it? I don't know. But it's a whole different feeling than when I want to lay in the cr- in the mm-hmm. floor and cry. But it's like, well, we can't stand here anymore. <laughs> so, you know, 10 people's just running laps just because I don't understand. I don't understand that. I don't know what that is. You know what yeah. I mean? But there's something to it. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that it, that's in the Bible, too. Like, I mean, you know, like you talk about David dancing and stuff like that. But. I'm pretty sure David spent a lot of time on the floor too. I guarantee you. <laughs> so I think it's just a mixture. I mean, it's just being obedient, I guess, to what you feel like spirits leading you to do. And that's hard too. Like I said, I, I'm I get real, real inside my head. So I'll maybe feel like, oh, I need to do this or I need to say that. And I'll like talk myself out of it half the time because I'm like, ah, oh, that's just gonna draw attention to myself. I don't want to draw attention to myself. But I've been trying to give myself a little bit more grace with that. I read something one time that said, um, basically like if you do it in genuinely like good faith, like you, you're like your motivations, right. Then even if you're wrong, God will let you know. And in a loving way, like in a, like I'm your dad and I'm going to correct you like in a loving way. Like that wasn't me. <laughs> All right. But, you know, you like that's, you know, just kind of stepping out in faith, I guess, to believe that, you know, if I'm doing what I think I'm being asked to do and then I do it and it wasn't right, that he'll let me know in a nice, loving way. <laughs> it's probably still going to hurt when he tells me because, like, if you ever got, I mean, I've gotten on, been in trouble with my dad before and that's, like, heartbreaking. But it's always usually done in a pretty loving way. Yeah, so. Ethan from River Tree um, in Owensboro, he helps with the immersions at the refuge. And I got to stand by him while he was baptizing people. And every time he spoke something over them, he said he would always lead with, you know, I've I've made a promise to God that I'm going to go down swinging with whatever I say. And if it's if it's something, I'm pretty sure that he said if it's not of him, then he let me know later. But he mm-hmm. was like, I'm never going to not hold my tongue if I feel like it is coming from God. And he, he always leads with that. He's like, I'm just going to go down swinging. And then he'll say or whatever, but usually he's on point with what he's saying because I think he is in tune with God or whatever. But And I don't know that I would even... 
I don't want to say agree because I don't want to make it <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. Yeah. But even if that's the case, if I'm like, yeah, 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 then you'll you'll never know. And apparently Ethan has figured out over time when it's when it's kosher and when it's not. And I guess the only way to do that would be do it mm-hmm. and learn that maybe if you think every time it's his voice, but you never act on it, then mm-hmm. you can't decide. You're not learning anything to help you decipher when it is or not. Right. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But I, like I said, I don't even know if I agree with that premise. I have to think that one through. Yeah. Well, I agree with what you just said. <laughs> I think that's well, true. Like, them say the other day, like, let's disagree. It'll make for better content. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I, I'm agreeing with you. Because I, I do think, I mean, how are, how are you ever going to, what is it, chest of spirits? Yeah. That's in the Bible, chest of spirits or whatever. So how are you ever going to know that it is him, like, talking to you if you never do what he asks? I just read something a while ago while he was talking, and now I can't remember where it's at, but it was something like, um, his spirit and my spirit doing basically joining up and doing mm-hmm. something together. And I, I don't know if I know exactly what that means, but there have been times where my heart and my head were in the work. Yeah, this is it. And yeah. there's other times where my heart's beating on my chest. I need to do this. And my head's like, yeah. Oh no, you don't. <laughs> Hold the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just saying, yeah. I don't know what, what the right answer is there, but. I don't know. It's, I, I guess, can you give me an example of what you mean? Like, you talking oh, about on-platform leading, and you, you feel like you need to do something, but, but you don't know if it's him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done that before. Hmm. Sometimes I felt led to, like, I don't know, like I said, a lot of times I'll look up stuff about a song or whatever, like look up where it came from, or or I'll just be thinking about the song, and, like, I just feel like something, like, comes to me, and, and a lot of times I sh- struggle with it myself like was that just for me because i do think god tells you things sometimes it's just for you mm-hmm. you know and it's not really maybe meant for other people and just kind of discerning like when that is you know sometimes i feel like ooh, i like that that was really good for me like i like i felt that was real good and it meant a lot when i heard like felt it but i don't know that's always something that you're supposed to share you know, so again, but that's again, that's just yeah. me. It can be head. overflowing in you, right? For you, mm-hmm. and you feel like because it's overflowing, you should share it, but right. maybe not always. I see that. I, yeah, I got you. That's kind of what I'm talking about. I got you. <clears throat> Edify the body. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if how many times you talk yourself out of sharing, <laughs> but I think you should stop doing that because <laughs> every time you, you do talk, I end up in the floor. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like I said, it's just, it really is hard. I think it's really hard to be a worship leader. I'm not trying to like toot a horn or whatever that is. But (laughs) it just, there's, because you're literally in front of everybody. Yeah. And in, especially in like this church, like one, everybody that's done it before you. Sitting out there watching you. (laughs) Some of them are out there. But you know, like, there's a lot of comparison, which I'm that that's not of God. I'm not saying that like we should compare ourselves to each other or anything, but you know, human, it happens. So there's that. And just like, it's just a responsibility. I do think in any leadership role, there's responsibility there. You feel like you, you know, you want to do it right. Walk in the 
walk worthy of the vocation or whatever mm-hmm. the scripture is, something like that. You know, you want to do it right, quote unquote, but it's easy for me to take all that and it just get all wrapped up in my head about it. You know, like, am I doing this for me? Am I doing this so that people will say to me like, Hey, you really, when you said that it really like moved me to the floor, you know, because pride is like, it's a real thing. And it's there all the time. I mean, that's what stinking got Lucifer in trouble. In trouble. I mean, he was, that, that, that's what his job was. Or at least it was what I've heard and what I've somewhat been able to understand from scripture that people say it comes from is that he was kind of in charge of worship. You know, um, it does say that his like, I don't know, his chest was like harps or like something, yeah. something real weird, Creepy. something real weird. And <laughs> weirdo uh, have to go to the MLT on that one, <laughs> but definitely musical. And he, he basically just got like, just pride filled his heart and he made it about him, you know, instead of what it was supposed to be about. My and mom, so, sorry. What? what? Oh, my, I was gonna say, my mom. She thinks that that's why worship leaders mm-hmm. have this internal battle a lot of the mm-hmm. times because Lucifer was the guy mm-hmm. of the worship, and she thinks that. And this is just her, but she's like, maybe he's just, you know, he's jealous and he's like he wants to get it what he was good at, mm-hmm. and that's why that y'all get attacked a lot or whatever. Yeah, I mean that could be true. I don't. I don't know, but it's definitely real. Pride's definitely real, and anytime you're put in a position where people are looking at you, and I think, like I said, in this church, worship's a big portion of the service, and so you're there for like a long time with people, mm-hmm. like kind of looking at you and you know stuff like that, and trying to like, I don't know. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's literally that's my whole thing about studying. Worship is is finding that balance of I'm not here to entertain people. But you do want to edify the body. That's scripture. But you're edifying them. Edifying means to build up spiritually. So even so that they can glorify God too. Like even in in building up each other, the main goal is not like that. It doesn't just stop at building each other up and making each other feel good. It the end goal is still like to give that glory and praise to God. You know, like make people want to draw closer to God. And again, like that, just in saying that sentence, my mind's already like, well, are you making anyone do anything or is God doing the work? You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's my brain all the time. So I, yeah, I've had a really hard time in worship a lot here lately, like leading worship because I know I'm in my head a lot of like, you know, what am I doing? Because I'm like genuinely like worshiping God. I want him to get the glory. What am I doing? Because I know that that's going to move people, you know, and that's people are going to react a certain way because that's how they typically do whenever I do that. Like this, it just, on the one hand, it really sucks. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just really hard to to separate those things out. Um, but again, I got to, got to, you know, take the focus off me and not put too much pressure on myself or, you know, feel like it's my job to correct anything or, you know, you can't control other people. Right. And you shouldn't try to. No. <laughs> so it's, it's really hard. 
I'm still figuring it out, I guess. Because as much as I study, I probably get in my head the more that I study because right. I'm studying so much. And then it's just like a big yeah. old hamster wheel. Yeah, that's well, me. I would say that um, like you come into this realization, I would say that it has put I, – I think it's a great thing of what you're doing and that you've seen the importance of worship because it's led our worship team, I think, to see the importance of worship and how really serious and like – it's serious what we're doing on the platform. It's serious how we go about preparing for the platform. And I think it's like me and Hannah, we talk. And Hannah and me were always like, you know, Catherine, I don't know how much you get in your head or whatever, but, like, we think that you are, like, very well on discerning the spirit and how to go about the songs. And Hannah, she's always like, I love it when Catherine and I know that <laughs> I know you literally just talked about you know I don't like it when Pride. people come up. Yeah. yeah but she does it's not and it's not because of what you do mm-hmm. but it's because she says that you know I think she just is really good at going where the spirit goes and just following the spirit so I I want to thank you for doing this because I wasn't taking worship serious at all I don't think I think I was doing it just to do it because mm-hmm. I never sang in front of people or did worship and we go to a camp and Kennedy hears that I can sing. And then, so we get drug up on the platform to start singing. And I'm like, this is not what I want to do. And, and so me starting to sing, like I cared about what I, what I heard or what Mm -hmm. I sounded like. I cared about what I was doing. Like when I started worshiping, I wasn't worshiping. I Mm -hmm. was singing and maybe performing and you bringing this, all this, this idea and, you know, asking ourselves, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to thank you because I don't think our church, I don't think our worship team would be the way that it is now if you'd never had this realization and never spoke about what does true worship look like or whatever. But I think, I think whatever your head is telling you, I think that <laughs> you're going in the right direction and the fruit that you there's fruit that has been produced that is good fruit from what you've been doing or whatever. So I think it's, it's great. I see Catherine as the worship leader's worship leader. Yes. I think she's like the ring leader. She's the leader of the worship (laughs) leader. I don't know what that means. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think she's doing a great job because like me, Annie, Autumn, like we're younger. Mm -hmm. And so, and like but nobody Steve, really Brother likes y'all, so you're right. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> we're disrespectful. I guess I don't know. Cats <laughs> kind of trying to tie y'all in, you know. But the bridge. Yeah, you're the bridge. <laughs> but I think, like, if you hadn't stepped out and you're doing what you're doing, like, I'm maybe Annie because she's worship. She's been doing leading worship for longer than me and Autumn. But like, me and Autumn might not be where we're at if you hadn't been obedient to God telling you all this stuff and sharing it with us. So like I would like I look up to you on worship things because I know that I don't like I like I said I still don't even know if I'm doing it right or whatever but yeah. I just and I've made a I've made it more of a mission to make it more about him rather yeah. than anybody else because if the congregation didn't move in a certain way I was discouraged because I was like, oh, this didn't even move them or whatever. Right. And then it would leave me empty Mm -hmm. when 
it's just that wasn't even the goal of whatever I was trying to do. But I'm yeah. just saying all this to, I guess, thank you for what you're doing for the worship team and what you're doing for the church and for us because we probably wouldn't be here where we are. Yeah, I think just intentionality is really important, and I'm I'm grateful too that I mean. I, I think I I probably wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't went through the experiences that I went through of like having to lead worship like two musicians. <laughs> yeah, thrown to the wolves. Thrown to the wolves is exactly what it felt like. Um, so I think there was a growth that happened there that wouldn't have happened otherwise. But I also think like discipleship, I guess is maybe is the Christian word <laughs> to use, is important too. And so I think like it it was a good learning experience, but at the same time, would it have been good, nice, fruitful, whatever word you want to use to like have somebody that kind of like took me under their wing and was like, you know, you know, don't worry about what people are doing. Don't worry about, you know, how you feel like you look or you sound or whatever, like focus on this. Like that might've been just as helpful, just as fruitful, just as whatever. Um, so I'm like, I'm glad that we have that now that we have a place, um, where we can all kind of, talk about it and be intentional about what we're doing. Cause I do think it's, it's obviously really important, especially in our church. Since we go for an hour. <laughs> Since we go for kind of a long about time. Longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> Which you could talk about that too, but uh, I won't talk about that. But um, yeah. Happy to, happy to be here. Happy to be at what it, what am I called? The uh, worship leader's worship the leader. Worship leader's worship leader. <laughs> or administrator of the, of the group. Uh, <laughs> You're the regional manager the of the administrator. worship leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Who would be the assistant to? You or Annie? Probably Annie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're uh, Phyllis. Phyllis. <laughs> I don't, know how to take I, don't know. I don't know what that means in reference, Phyllis. but I love Phyllis. I do too. She's, She's really funny. Cool. It's just funny really how hilarious. her and Stanley are in the Cheerio commercials together. You ever see those? No. Yeah. Yeah. They're just sitting there eating a bowl of cereal, and it's a Cheerios commercial. So it's like they don't say much. It's just for the Office fans out there. Yeah. Hope you enjoy this twenty-second clip of Stanley and Phyllis. Why say lot word when few word do trick? I actually put that on the TV at school. Nice. I did. I was wanting them to like take condensed notes. They oh, just want yeah. they want to copy down full I sentences. And so I put a picture of Kevin up on the board that said like why use lot words, few words do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd go around and read their papers and I was like, be more like Kevin. I need you to channel Kevin. When Holly starts <laughs> and she takes <laughs> Takes Kevin under a wing and finds out that she had it all wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. So funny. The funniest. Yeah. When I get around my uncles and my aunts on my dad's side, they're all office and parks and rec fans. Nice. So whenever we're at family get togethers, nice. it's like we'll just sit down and just are <laughs> dying laughing, just quoting the office. <laughs> when, I, when I was in high school, I. Uh, we never had satellite like we did a couple times, but it was, you know, satellite's stupid and expensive. And, but so I always bought seasons on DVD. This is back when people watched DVDs and I have all the seasons office on DVD. I mean, the day they'd come out, I'd go get them because we didn't have TV. Couldn't watch it. So 
the intro of I think it was season two, probably my favorite season. I don't know, I love them all, but I love season two. And the menu, remember it used to say like play and setup and special features and whatever. It was burnt. I had a plasma TV back in you know this is two thousand five or something, and the menu was burned into my TV <laughs> where. It would play all through the night, and then when it got done, it would just go back to the menu and play the song yeah. all night long. And I'd wake up the next morning, turn the TV off. Well, one night, one day, I noticed I was walking through my TV, and it, my room, my TV wasn't even on, but I could see the office <laughs> menu. It was burned permanently. That might be too far. In your head. <laughs> oh yeah, it's. I mean, I know a lot of quotes. I cannot totally wait for useless. you to discover the Bible Office. Meeting of the world. It might change everything. I might just be like Elijah, be carried away to heaven. Or Enoch. He walked with the Lord and what does it say? Was not. Was not. That's KJV for you. <laughs> was not what? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're glad to have you on today, Catherine. Thanks for Invite me. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm really curious to know how you. <laughs> I just want to. I just like the idea that y'all had me come on before you had my dad. Who's no, he's the number three. He's number three. Well, I yeah, tell you what, I think about that. <laughs> no, I feel like maybe we should have him first. No, and then he, dad. Then no. no, he's last, and oh, I'll tell you why. And he knows why. Because he won't be able to do nothing but cry. Oh, that's <laughs> We've true. already talked about it. Because. I, you'll just have to talk a lot because Peyton will be crying too. Yeah, Peyton will cry. You'll probably start I'll crying. Cry. You'll probably, start crying. probably have to bring in a fourth person that's real. Who who could you bring in that's just Who's like, a stone cold killer? Just mellow. Sal. Let Sal mediate it. Lucas. Lucas is a stone cold. He's pretty, he's pretty chill. Um, so, no, somebody was, oh, Josh, me and Josh and Steve ate lunch together the other day. And he's like, I can't believe you're having all these guests on before you even have your pastor on. You're having it at his church, and you ain't even. I said, I looked at Steve, and Steve said, Oh, I'll just cry the whole time. <laughs> I said, <laughs> At See, least he knows. It wasn't offensive. Yeah. It was just, yeah. What are we gonna do? Have an hour of sobbing. Be a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make me cry. And Peyton will be crying before he gets here. It'll just yeah. be a disaster. That's no, funny. no, we are gonna do one, but we got to figure out how we're gonna do it. We can't talk about God being good. <laughs> can't yeah. talk about the water. Can't talk about baptism. I think that should be our topic. Oh yeah, he's fired up about it. Oh, there will yeah. be there will be silence. Several silent, yeah. like <laughs> two <laughs> minutes. I actually have to edit. You have yeah, to edit that episode together. Oh boy, it is cool though. If you don't get hung up on the song and this and that and the other, but it is cool that everybody's got that song or. Those couple of songs that just hit different um, than everything else. Yeah, well, like, not to just keep dragging on. No, we can call it. I just. <laughs> but I, I will say, like, that, I think that's the other thing, too, is that songs hit you different, different places in your life. Yeah. And, like, maybe that's why sometimes, like, you sing a song and it, like, goes over well, quote unquote. Yeah. And other times, I, it just hits people different, different points of their life, which maybe it should or shouldn't because God's always the same, like I said, but, like, come out of hiding. I don't know if that's when that song came out, but I listened to that song one time when I, um, I'd had a miscarriage and we'd been trying to have a baby for a couple of years. It seemed like whenever you're trying to have a kid, everybody, you know, was pregnant or getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I was not in a good mental place. Like I could not be happy for those people. I was like upset 
and angry and everything. And I heard that song and, you know, it talks about like not hiding anything from God, you know, so like not hiding your anger, but then like the bridge is like, and oh, as you run, what hindered love? <laughs> It'll just become part of the story. And like that, I like clinging to that. It was like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, right now, I don't feel a love for other people in that situation, but now it's just part of the story. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of being pregnant, <gasps> I'm just kidding. Uh, aren't pregnant. I, I was, was fixing like, to bust right you right here on the, the podcast. <laughs> I fixed. Well, it. Hannah did that at, at Elijah and Annie's. <laughs> oh, she did. Because oh, y'all yeah. were talking about kids or whatever, and she was like, "Well, speaking of," and I was about to make the joke, but Hannah beat me to it. I was. And your wife went like. Just jaw drop. Where are we gonna move? We gotta move y'all somewhere. We need to <laughs> no, we're not pregnant. That's so funny. Dang, I was fixing to murder you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, you ruined it. I had a flow fixing to go, but nah. no, nah, I'm just nah. kidding. I'm totally <laughs> good. I'm kidding. No, thanks for coming on. This has been great. Sure. And anytime you want to do part two, let us know. We'll do it. It'll be wicked smart. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if you're listening, if you made it this far, oh, they made it. They made it through this one. Like and share. Um, give us feedback. We appreciate everybody's support for what we're trying to do. Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. I'm tired of the hopeless negativism. Mm. We kind of switched roles at the beginning. You were like, I just want to do this. I don't care if anybody else is too. Yeah. Now I'm like, we're gonna save the world. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. 60 people that are listening, we are saving you right now through these words. No, we are attempting to do good. Hopefully that's happening. Yeah. Well, I had a guy call me the other day and was like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was super pumped about it. And he said, I, I love what y'all are doing. And he was like, when y'all get fired up, I get fired up. And he was like, I've listened to all the episodes multiple times. And I said, you've listened to episode one. More than once. And I was <laughs> Did like, you get fired up on that one? <laughs> and I said, and he was like, no. And I said, well, if you would have told me that you have, I would have asked you, what's wrong with you? Yeah, we I, owe you money. So, yeah, because it's terrible. Yeah. You didn't shout out begging people to come to church. If, if we owe you money, come to Bethel Outreach Ministries. <laughs> <laughs> that last, the last one, episode four, you was like, whatever you do, come to church at Bethel. <laughs> All right. It was funny. <laughs> Anyways, that's funny. Thanks we are guys. we are here if you want to come to our church. Yeah. Steve told somebody the other day, he said, I ain't promised you nothing about the you know, everybody getting baptized and healed and stuff. He said, I ain't promised you nothing except you will you will encounter him. Now what what you do with that is up to you. Mm -hmm. But he you just come and see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say too if I was I'd just say. I ain't going to tell you nothing. I ain't going to promise you nothing. Just come and see. Yeah. But anyways, thanks, everybody. See you next week. Peace. The boys are back. The boys are back in town.